Welcome to I Took the High Road with Jacob Jansen. Our program is designed to educate about the drug problems that are reaching epidemic proportions in the United States. Could we be approaching the drug problem the wrong way? Mr. Jansen has been down the road of addiction, down the path of recovery, and now helps others find their path. Addicts are not bad people trying to get good. They are sick people needing to get well. Are you a part of the solution or the problem? Come and join us for an hour of fantastic guests, amazing stories, positive encouragement, and information that just might make your community a better place. Now, here is your host, Jacob Jensen. Good morning, and welcome to I Took the High Road. I am your host, Jacob Jansen, and we have a really awesome show today. I am uh, doing the show live from Rosarito, Mexico, uh, and I'm at Ibogaine University, and today's show is going to be on Ibogaine and what it is. Um, and we have so much to pack into the show this morning. I'm not going to do too much of an introduction because the people I have with me can do a much better job of describing what Ibogaine is and telling about Ibogaine University and how they really help people uh, get off heroin and other opiates. So my first guest today is Charles Johnson. He is the treatment director at Ibogaine University. Charles, thank you for coming to the show. Welcome. Hi, everyone. Glad to be here. Uh, So, you know, the first thing that I really wanted to ask you is, you know, can you please tell me a little bit about your history and, you know, how you got involved with Ibogaine University? Yeah, sure. Um, a lot of people in my 20s, I started experimenting with drugs and naturally got involved with opiates. And for quite a while there, I would, had an opiate addiction, which um, transgressed into shooting heroin. And all the while, I was somewhat functional, working in school. And eventually, things kind of descended for me until I didn't have anything left, really. And so kind of out of desperation after trying Suboxone and trying many do it your home, do it at your home kind of detoxes, I finally took a chance on this little known radical treatment known as Ibogaine. And it was something where I pretty much put all my eggs in one basket and said, hey, if this doesn't work, then it doesn't really matter. I'm done anyway. So I went down to Mexico and went to a uh, little house there just across the border and had some people administer Ibogaine to me and there was a nurse there and it was a life-changing experience. It wasn't what I expected. It was completely different from, you know, what I thought I was getting into, but suddenly within a matter of, I, I believe it was about 72 hours, I went from complete and severe withdrawals to back to, you know, 100%, back to the person I was before I ever started using heroin, really, and immediately went back to school at UCLA, went back to the gym, started my life over the life that I'd been wanting to live for the previous three years, but couldn't seem to get it together. And after that, I decided that this medicine was the most important thing in my life, and I felt like it could benefit so many more people in a very abused and 
you know, undereducated demographic where people are continually trying the same thing over and over without any success and they don't know of something that can really just drastically alter the course of a person's addiction seemingly overnight. And and we're going to talk with a uh, a patient a little bit later in the show about his experience and usage. And, uh, you know, I knew a bit about Ibogaine before I came to Ibogaine University, but uh, I can tell you I probably wouldn't have believed it if I didn't see it for myself. Uh, patients 48 hours uh, after using opiates um, basically happy. The first guy that I saw walked out of his room with a smile on his face and said, I'm kind of hungry, you know, and I've never seen that before. Uh, but so, so Charles, can, can you explain to the audience a little bit more about what Ibogaine is and how it's made? And where it yeah. Comes from? yeah, sure. Ibogaine is derived from a, from the root of a plant in West Africa in Gabon and Cameroon in West Africa. And this plant is just a low lying shrub and it's been used for centuries as a spiritual or mental illness malady. People, you know, it's, it's commonly known as a psychedelic and people use this substance. They've been using it for a long time sort of as a coming-of-age ritual and as a self-discovery tool. Well, about 50 years ago, a young man by the name of Howard Lotsoff tried it just by chance. He was a heroin addict. He wanted to try this you know, sort of elusive, hallucinogenic. And he noticed after the, after doing it, he didn't want to do it again. He said, you know, I don't ever want to touch that again because it's not the most pleasant experience. But afterwards he noticed he didn't have any withdrawals or cravings. And from that moment, he kind of pioneered the movement of Ibogaine. And what Ibogaine does is when a person ingests it, who is going through an opiate addiction it essentially, in a very, you know, in the short term, it reduces their withdrawal symptoms to about 10%. They go into this, this heavy induced state where they can't really get out of bed for about 24 hours usually. They're um, fairly, you know, they're conscious, but they're not super coherent with the world around them because they're in this very personal world, that this journey that they're experiencing. And during this time, Ibogaine really does a few different things. One is it reduces the withdrawals and allows a person to detox. And it does this by attaching to the various opiate receptors in the brain without stimulating the same, you know, the same neurotransmitters as an opiate would, such as dopamine, but satisfying the need so a person isn't in withdrawals. Uh, the second thing it does is it stimulates a protein which is endogenous or natural to the human brain called GDNF. And what that does is that causes that protein, which is then started to, your, your brain starts to make more and more after the introduction of the ibogaine, actually begins to heal the damaged receptor sites and the damaged neurons that have been affected by substance abuse. And lastly, what ibogaine does, and this is kind of the, this is what a lot of people notice about it first is that as a psychedelic it puts you in an altered state and commonly people think oh well you know that drug is just affecting your mind and you know that's not like a real thing but what happens is is people have this spiritual experience this insight into their lives that allows them to see past their addiction which has crippled them for so long and let go a lot of a lot of the resentment 
and remorse and things that have really disallowed them from succeeding after even being clean. You know, since most addicts get clean physically, they still have a hard time living a normal life because there's this repressed emotional or psychological things that they can't really get to. You know, it's, it's inaccessible except through years and years of psychotherapy. And this sort of does it in one night. Sure. And, and you, I certainly saw that happen, not only with the patients coming through their opiate withdrawals and walking around and eating and wanting to go out and, and do things, uh, but there is also kind of this epiphany of what was I doing to myself, which, uh, you know, for me, going the traditional method, you know, took me weeks to come to that realization of uh, how I was really hurting everybody else around me. And Ibogaine has uh, seemingly kind of stepped that process up and made it a lot quicker so people have that uh, epiphany that much quicker. Um, doesn't mean it doesn't take work after. It, it certainly does. Uh, but, you know, this is that good start to, uh, you know, to get you through the withdrawals and to get that kind of spiritual awakening or an enlightenment that they talk so much about at different treatment facilities. So, you know, Charles, we, we spoke, you know, about how Ibogaine works with uh, opiates. Is there any other promising areas that, that it's working in right now? Yeah, there is. Um, with, with the experience that Ibogaine provides and its history, you, you know, its historical use as more of a spiritual kind of treatment, we found that Ibogaine is really effective, and this makes sense when you're talking about addiction as well, for people with PTSD, depression, any kind of anxiety disorders, or just general addictive issues, whether, whether it be them abusing drugs or abusing food or gambling. It basically provides an opportunity for a person to see outside of themselves and let go of those things that are causing them to be addicted because as I believe most addictionologists will agree, addiction is, you know, addicted to a, being addicted to a substance is just a symptom of a deeper underlying issue. And what the Ibogaine allows you to do is get to that issue and address what's really going on so that you no longer feel like you need to cope or escape with any kind of substance or pattern of behavior. Um, neurologically, it's been found to be really effective for stimulants that affect the serotonin system as well as alcoholism, which deals with NMDA receptor sites because it also helps to improve and repair growth there. You know, and, and uh, it's, it's just amazing. Everybody that I see that, that comes out of here, you know, I, like I keep saying, I, I would not have believed it if I didn't see it. Um, and Ibogaine University, uh, just a, a wonderful place. Uh, and Charles, could you tell us a little bit more about Ibogaine University when it was started and, and what really goes on there? Yeah, so my I did Ibogaine about two years ago. It was in January of 2013. And so my history working with Ibogaine has only been for that time. And Ibogaine University is kind of the, uh, the collaboration of me and another man, Randy McCurdy, to put together what we felt would be needed for people to really succeed after doing Ibogaine. Um, there have been Ibogaine treatment centers around for probably close to 10 years. And both of us had our experiences at other treatment centers. And we felt that these things needed to be done in a way that would provide people not just good Ibogaine treatment, but good support and staff and 
you know, an ability to empower individuals to move on with their life. Because as Jacob mentioned, the work just starts after I began. There's a, there's a lot that needs to be done. And after the experience, it's very important for people to be inspired. And that can happen just with the right words, with the right tools. And so that's really our focus is to provide a medically oriented, safe Ibogaine treatment and then truly give these people the tools that they can succeed in life and move forward. And so Ibogaine University, we've been around for about a year now. And our our success is, you know, we're having a great time what we do and we're having great success with people and really we love being able to spread the word about Ibogaine and we're doing that as much as possible. And, you know, uh, one of the things that struck me right when I got there is the staff at Ibogaine University is just fantastic. Do you just want to say anything to the staff or talk about the staff and all the doctors, nurses, psychologists that you have on staff? Just great people. Yeah, well, it's uh, we kind of got lucky just because of our enthusiasm. A lot of a lot of people who have been working in the industry for much longer than us decided to come and work with us and assist us in this this endeavor. And so we have a lot of very experienced and passionate people. And the other people that we brought on have seen that and seen the culture and what we're trying to do. And you know, it's a uh, it's a really awesome experience to be able to have a uh, detox center, a rehab center, and patients be happy. I think that really lends a lot to the fact that the staff get to see these miraculous transformations, and it affects them in a very positive light as well, and wants them, you know, helps them to be there and move forward in their lives as well. Sure, and and in no way, uh, you know, my bashing traditional therapy. It works very, very well for somebody and it's still part, you know, a big part of uh, me as an interventionist. But, uh, you know, finding uh, this facility that's safe and this substance that, you know, can be potentially dangerous, but they've really minimized those risks uh, with having the right doctors and uh, doing the right screening process. And I know one of the concerns that I had uh, coming down to Mexico was uh, hey, it's just south of Tijuana, and how safe is it? And, you know, I, I have to tell my listeners that I feel very, very comfortable here, uh, probably more safe than in most inner, inner U.S. cities. Um, it's a beautiful place right on the beach, uh, beautiful oceanfront, uh, gated community. So it, so it is very safe. Um, Charles, can you tell us uh, a little bit about, like, the intake process? So if somebody calls you on the phone and says, I want to get to Ibogaine University, and how does that start happening? Yeah, so I get calls from all over the country and people very interested in doing Ibogaine, mostly because they've tried everything else and they're they're at a similar point that I was at where they're just – they. They're fed up with conventional treatment because it's not working and they're, you know, reaching. And so what I do is I work with them as far as first understanding what they're going to be experiencing, understanding their where they're at with their life and what they're going to need to do after. And then as, as they understand that this is something that they still want to do, I make sure that they're both physically able because there are certain prerequisites for a person to be healthy uh, primarily their cardiac, their heart function needs to be operating properly. So we always do an EKG before treatment as well as their liver function. Their metabolism of their liver needs to be functioning in a normal manner so that they can properly metabolize the IV and not have any serious complications there. 
So physically, that's in a really important aspect that we have to clear and make sure that they're good to go there. Uh, also, there's a number of different drugs that obviously people are using when they call me. And many of these drugs have to be abstained from before they can do treatment from anywhere from five days to three weeks, depending. Such things as maintenance therapies like Suboxone or Methadone must be suspended in lieu of another opiate that acts much quicker in the body because the Suboxone or Methadone can have a effect where the Ibogaine essentially becomes, you know, useless. Which, which is crazy to think that these drugs that are made to get people off of heroin, you have to detox off of those first before you can take this natural substance that would detox you anyway. Um, so it's a, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a... It- common thing where I have to tell people, you know, they thought it would be a good option to go on Suboxone and then they're having just as much trouble getting off that or more. And I have to tell them, well, you got to go back to a, what's known as a short acting opiate, such as a prescription painkiller or even worst case scenario, heroin, because otherwise you're not going to be able to do the treatment and it'd be effective. Yeah, it is. It's just uh, a little bit backwards, and and that's why I really came down here to learn more about this. And and it, the amazing thing about it, um, unlike Suboxone or Methadone or some of those other maintenance therapies, uh, this is a once and done. You take it once, twenty four to forty eight hours later, uh, you're kind of coming down and you're feeling a lot more comfortable. Uh, so we got to take a quick commercial break, and when we come back, we're going to have more on Ibogaine University live from Rosarito, Mexico. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Hi, my name is Jacob Jansen, and I am the owner of My Recovery Project. Do you know someone using drugs or alcohol? Are their actions negatively affecting you or people you care about? If so, it is time for an intervention. Far too often, we are a country that acts after problems arise. It is time to act now. Interventions confront a person and allow them to see their self-destructive behavior and how it affects themselves, family, and friends. Just as important, interventions help the family understand the disease of addiction and make sure the loved one gets the help they need by offering a solution of treatment. I have been through the hell of addiction, and I have found a passion in recovery helping others. Getting a person into treatment can be a difficult task. I help the family through this providing options, and I become a mediator during the intervention. If you would like more information, please visit www.myrecoveryproject.com or call 262-290-1072 for a free consultation before things get worse. My name is Linda Lenz. Last year, my husband and I received a phone call that no parent should ever receive. We received a call that our 23-year-old son had died of a heroin overdose. We were on a mission to find out how this could happen. He was a beautiful person, intelligent, a straight-A student, and a wonderful son. But here's what we did not know. The drug landscape had changed. Kids in junior high and high school were using prescription pills to get high. Prescription pills are opiates, just like heroin, and they can be found in almost every home's medicine cabinet. To combat this problem, we established a Facebook page, Stop Heroin WI, and a website, StopHeroinNow.org. 
please go to this website and donate generously. All of your money goes directly to prevention programs and rehabilitation programs. StopHeroinNow.org So no parent ever has to receive that phone call. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to I Took the High Road with host Jacob Jansen. To reach our show today, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Or send us an email at jacobjansen at itookthehighroad.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. This is I Took the High Road, and I am your host, Jacob Jansen. Uh, we are talking about Ibogaine today at Ibogaine University, live from Rosarito, Mexico. And uh, what a beautiful location for uh, getting treatment and getting into recovery and getting your life back. Uh, before we left for break, uh, we were talking about some of the maintenance therapies that are out there, like methadone and suboxone, and how this is a one-and-done um, you know, now as an interventionist, I've worked with clients who've done uh, something called an ultra rapid detox where uh, they put them under for, for quite a while and then push the drugs out of the system. Charles, how is ibogaine treatment different from that ultra rapid detox process? Yeah, a lot of times uh, I get calls and people are considering ibogaine and ultra rapid detox as their options because. They want to get off the opiates and they feel like they're ready. And so, you know, when, when we're discussing ultra rapid detox, we have to look at what it's doing. Essentially, what a person's doing when they do ultra rapid detox is they're going into a comatose state. Um, they're being the, the withdrawal effects are being mediated because they're not conscious. And at the same time, they're being presented with medicines like naltrexone, which are essentially you know, freeing up their opiate receptors and getting them, you know, um, physiologically clean, you know, getting their brain essentially clean. Now, the issue with that is that if we look at it, we're saying, okay, well, the only problem here then with drug addicts is that they have drugs in their brain. But in reality, there's, it's a much deeper issue. Drug addicts, and this is pretty widely accepted at this point, are not just simply using drugs because of some moral failing. There is a much there are much deeper problems that are presented there. First, when a person uses drugs, it affects their neurochemistry. Their brain is altered. And when a person's brain is altered, as we all know, the brain is very malleable. And when it becomes altered, it takes a long while to change back. And when you present someone with just the option of clearing out the drugs it's not fixing the brain in any way. And so they come out of this experience and they still have the same issues with their neurotransmitters being out of balance. And so when they walk back into the real world, there's still some something that's not right. And that's what most addicts find is when they get clean for certain amounts of time, they still never feel right. And that's one of the main issues. The other thing is psychologically, it's not presenting them with any sort of 
insight into why they're using. It's not giving them any sort of, you know, understanding as to why their emotional state is so wrecked. You know, it blew me away because, you know, I've seen ultra rapid detox. People get clean, but then they don't know what to do with themselves. After this process, they have that epiphany where they're going, what was I doing? And uh, there's remorse for their actions and things that took me weeks to to actually get to. Yeah. And the Ibogaine is unique in that way because it really provides people this spark, this inspiration, this uh, zest for life that they haven't felt since they've been using drugs, really. And so they walk out of the experience. Ibogaine is, you know, it's, it's quick like ultra-rapid detox, but it addresses more than just the physical dependence on the drugs. It addresses the mental and emotional state that's happening, as well as it starts, as I mentioned earlier, to stimulate proteins within the brain that rebalance and repair your brain chemistry. And by taking care of, you know, all those different levels that apply to addiction, it allows a person to really feel like a normal person again and not feel as if they are an addict struggling not to use drugs. Sure. What, what is, uh, is there a typical Ibogaine treatment during that process? And if so, you know, what, what is the typical experience like <coughs> on that? Yeah, I, I would say the Ibogaine experience, although it's varied for each individual because it's very subjective, it is typical that a person when they do Ibogaine has this very intrapersonal um, sort of recollection of their life, whether it be through closed eye visual representations where they see memories of their past almost like flipping through a photo book or watching a cinematic of what's happened to them, or whether it just be uh, understanding of these different events that have gone on that have caused them to feel the way they have. For instance, if someone has been in a bad relationship, it will sometimes show them how that bad relationship has affected them and the people around them. Or it may provide them with an understanding as to why they feel so negative towards themselves. And, and I got to tell you, I'm looking at Dave and he's nodding to everything you're saying. He's agreeing 100% and we're going to have him on a little bit later to talk. But it's- yeah, and, and so that's, that's kind of the typical experience for people. I mean, of course, because the, the Ibogaine uses a repository of an individual's memories and thoughts, everyone has a different experience. And sometimes it can be really extreme, you know, to the point where they experience some sort of uh, deity, God or Jesus Christ or whatever it is that they associate with actually talking with them or embracing them, which is quite, you know, you talk about profound moment in time, that that is life-changing. Um, but normally it, it very much is approached as a personal sort of uh, indexing of one's essentially the events that have led up to where they are today. Sure. And, you know, we talked, uh, you know, playing devil's advocate here, we talked um, just briefly about some of the risks uh, associated with actually taking the drug, uh, you know, and that's why they do a very rigorous pre-screening process right when they get to the facility. Are there any, you know, lasting side effects after from this drug? 
I mean, either emotionally, physically, mentally. Yeah, not everyone comes out of it and is is recovers as quickly as others. I mean, usually the average recovery time after ibogaine, it's very common for people to be emotionally and physically exhausted. Uh, they won't be in withdrawal symptoms as they normally would be, but they will be extremely taxed. It is a it is a grueling experience on many levels. And so for a day or two, normally it's very common for people just to lie around in bed, maybe eat a little bit, get a little bit of sleep here and there. But it takes a little bit for them to get a good night's rest and allow their body and mind to recharge. Now, past that, it can take sometimes days or weeks for their sleep schedule to regulate to a normal eight hour. Because naturally, as they take the Ibogaine, it sort of readjusted them, and they're all, it's almost like they're on a kid's sleep schedule, you know, a child, where they only need four or five hours of sleep, and then they're up and going and doing stuff. And that, it's funny because for a lot of people, they find that sort of uncomfortable because they're so used to being set at this pattern of this is what, how I got to do it, instead of just saying, oh, well, I feel fine, I'll move on, and I'll just, you know, let it ride it out. So that, you know, there, there are some lingering things that can happen for various people, but they're usually in no way negative. It's just kind of an adjustment that a person has to make as far as recognizing where they're at, you know. So, and, and Ibogaine University uh, strives, I think, to be, uh, to make their patients as, as comfortable as possible. Um, You know, very, uh, untraditional. It's it's only a week long. Uh, right when you get there, if you're in withdrawal and they can't, uh, you know, do the ibogaine testing, right? Because they have to do uh, all the the pre screening first before you do ibogaine. They, they give you an opiate, so you're more comfortable uh, during the process. There is a uh, chef on staff twelve hours a day. There is also a maid that cleans for you. Very different than a lot of you know traditional thirty day treatment facilities. How does Ibogaine University differ from, you know, those traditional treatment therapies? Well, I think you really touched on it, Jacob, that our big focus is not making – we don't want people to feel like they're walking into a rehab or detox center. We want people to feel that they're coming into our family and that they're going to be treated just like, you know, they'd get treated at any sort of – place where they went to meet up with friends or family. So we want people to really not just have this Ibogaine experience, but embrace what it's like to feel comfort and love from strangers and people that you've just met so that you can actually have this better outlook on the world. I mean, so often we get so jaded and uh, ruined after drug use because of the people we're around all the time. And we feel that we want people to walk out of this and have a newfound appreciation for the world and for how beautiful things can really be with your interactions and engagements with others. Sure. And, and it's, you know, when, when I got there, it's not a hospital, even though they have all of the doctors, nurses, and medical equipment, all the emergency equipment right there. Um, you know, it's not a big treatment facility with, you know, two people to a room. Um, each person has their own room with their own bathroom and encouraged to, you know, take time uh, by their self and, and relax. Um, what are some of the other amenities, you know, that, that Ibogaine University has to the clients? Well, we obviously we provide, as you mentioned, Jacob, the 
the adequate and even exceptional medical care with uh, medicine and the equipment and all things that people would need in, in an emergency situation. But something we really focus on after treatment and after a person feels better is this isn't just you come to get treatment, you chill, you hang out, and then you leave. We want to engage you and provide you with an opportunity to get out and start living again. And so as soon as a person is able, which is usually two days after Ibogaine, we're working with them. Our activities counselors, Aiden and Tanya, are taking them around town, going to the museum, going to the beach, going zip lining, going on different activities and excursions to just introduce a person back into the world and doing normal, healthy, everyday activities as opposed to waking up and sleeping all day and watching TV all day. We want them to actually be out and be able to approach things and do things such as yoga and meditation and things that will really benefit them in the future. Right. And how can you not have a happy staff when their job requirement includes uh, zip lining and going to the museums <laughs> and different things like that? Just uh, The people at the facility um, have gone uh, above and beyond to make us more than comfortable, more than safe, um, and more than entertained uh, through this whole process, and very relaxed through this whole process. Uh, you know, now... There, there's a big reason why I'm down here in Rosarito, Mexico, and that is because ibogaine is a Schedule One drug in the United States, uh, and a Schedule One drug means that it has no medicinal purpose and high addictive values uh, or, or uh, high addictive tendencies. Why is it a Schedule One drug still in the United States after you know everything that I've seen contradicts the fact that it's addictive and it has no medical purposes. Yeah, that's uh, that question. You know, I, I hate to go into the kind of conspiracy type thing. You know, about the the big brother or someone above us, but in reality, you know, you're right, Jacob. There is no addictive value to ibogaine. Most people do it once and don't ever want to do it again. And there is an obvious and clear medical use, which is extremely powerful, you know, and extremely beneficial for people. So you can only say one other thing. One is that someone doesn't want this to be out there and what their intentions are, whether it be because of the system that's in place with our drug policy and how we do not allow psychedelics to be, you know, used or analyzed for any sort of potential for medical treatment or whether it's because this treatment is done once and it's not a very profitable venture. It's not something where your patients are coming back, back and back again like they would at a rehab or like they are with Suboxone or Methadone. And it doesn't really fit within our paradigm at this point in the United States where we arrest drug users and our jails are full and our insurance companies and our there's this huge machine that is wrapped around penalizing and keeping people addicts. And unfortunately, this treatment breaks the mold and allows people to get out of that system. And that essentially is a wrench in the gears. Sure, you know, and and uh, it, my jaw has 
dropped quite a few times while I've been here. And, you know, last night I called up uh, my mentor coach, who's, you know, been a, a leader in this industry for many, many years, um, you know, and she said, if, if this wasn't coming from me, she probably wouldn't have listened, would have hung up the phone with anybody else because there is this idea that it's a hallucinogenic drug and uh, if you're going to do more drugs, it's going to create more problems. And, uh, and and that's just really not the case in what I'm seeing here. Uh, where do you see uh, the Ibogaine movement going, you know, in the future? Do we ever think we'll see it, you know, break that Schedule One status as we're starting to see, you know, medicinal marijuana legalized in more and more states? I and mean, there's certainly a push, uh, you know, to to stop penalizing this drug use. California just passed Proposition 47, which made it uh, a misdemeanor instead of a felony for small amounts of, of drugs. Where do you think this is, is going, and, and how can we push it there quicker? Well, it's, it's my hope and, and my goal ever since I did this to, to make this accessible and legal in the United States. Whether or not that'll happen in my lifetime, I, I don't know, you know, because it's taken 40 or 50 years for marijuana to finally be accepted, and that, you know, is a completely innocuous substance for most and has, you know, benefited a lot of people. Ibogaine is kind of more, much more extreme. And, you know, the what we're looking at as far as legalization is there's been a much bigger movement as far as finding uh, analogs or alternatives to Ibogaine that have similar effects but don't have some of the perceived negative side effects such as the psychedelic nature or the potential health risks. So... I think as those things become more widely understood and it becomes more widely studied and there actually there's a continuous you know longitudinal study about both Ibogaine and the people that do Ibogaine we're going to start seeing some real progress in that avenue of addiction treatment where we're going to start seeing medications whether it be Ibogaine or other medicines that are in the same class as Ibogaine we're going to start seeing these things being presented and making a real revolutionary change in the way we look at addiction and the way we treat addiction as a mental illness and something that needs to be addressed on a deeper level than just what we're doing with talk therapy and, you know, psychotherapy, because there is a great benefit in a person being able to access parts of their mind that have previously been shut off. We got to take a quick commercial break here, but when we come back, uh, we'll a actually talk with uh, Dave, who is a patient from Ibogaine University, about his experience. Here's a quick commercial break from our sponsors. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. My name is Linda Lenz. Last year, my husband and I received a phone call that no parent should ever receive. We received a call that our 23-year-old son had died of a heroin overdose. We were on a mission to find out how this could happen. He was a beautiful person, intelligent, a straight-A student, and a wonderful son. But here's what we did not know. The drug landscape had changed. Kids in junior high and high school we're using prescription pills to get high. Prescription pills are opiates, just like heroin, and they can be found in almost every home's medicine cabinet. 
combat this problem, we established a Facebook page, Stop Heroin WI, and a website, StopHeroinNow.org. Please go to this website and donate generously. All of your money goes directly to prevention programs and rehabilitation programs. StopHeroinNow.org. So no parent ever has to receive that phone call. Hi, my name is Jacob Jansen, and I am the owner of My Recovery Project. Do you know someone using drugs or alcohol? Are their actions negatively affecting you or people you care about? If so, it is time for an intervention. Far too often, we are a country that acts after problems arise. It is time to act now. Interventions confront a person and allow them to see their self-destructive behavior and how it affects themselves, family, and friends. Just as important, interventions help the family understand the disease of addiction and make sure the loved one gets the help they need by offering a solution of treatment. I have been through the hell of addiction, and I have found a passion in recovery helping others. Getting a person into treatment can be a difficult task. I help the family through this, providing options, and I become a mediator during the intervention. If you would like more information, please visit www.myrecoveryproject.com or call 262-290-1072 for a free consultation before things get worse. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to I Took the High Road with host Jacob Jansen. To reach our show today, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Or send us an email at jacobjansen at itookthehighroad.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. This is I Took the High Road, and I am your host, Jacob Jansen. We are doing the show live today from Rosarito, Mexico at Ibogaine University. Uh, we just finished talking with Charles Johnson, and now uh, we have uh, Dave from Miami, Florida, to come in and, and talk about uh, his usage and his experience on, on this Ibogaine treatment and um, how he's doing a few days out now after this. So welcome to the show, Dave. Thanks for being here. Thank you. Uh, so, so my name is David. I'm from Miami, Florida. I came to Ibogaine University uh, this Tuesday, which was the 4th of November. So, yes. yeah, so you're about three days out into so the treatment. I'm, yeah, I'm about three days into the treatment now. Um, before getting here, I was using about a gram to a gram and a half of heroin a day, having to inject myself probably four to five times a day to keep myself from feeling sick. Um, I tried several uh, in-house remedies, such as the Thomas's approach, loading myself up on benzos, um, loading myself up on GHB to try to come off the drug. Um, I went to doctors and was pre- prescribed Suboxone. Um, none of these treatments offered me any type of relief. Um, furthermore than that, um, I've probably been to about 12 to 13 treatment centers. Um, that are, I guess, the standard type of treatment center where you get your, you know, psychotherapy, um, they wean you off the drugs, and it's just a basically sit around and talk and try to get that spiritual enlightenment. Um, when I got to Ibogaine University, I was very, very high. You know, I made sure that, you know, I wasn't going to be sick. I'm going to be honest. Yeah. 
Um, when I got there, um, I started coming down a little bit, and they made me feel comfortable. They wanted me to be happy. They wanted me to be like feel like I was in a cocoon. Um, I would say about 14 hours from when I arrived to Ibogaine University, they gave me my first dose of Iboga. Um, and you know, and I just have to uh, cut in here and say, uh, for any active opiate users that are out there, um, would you ever be willing to do a radio show 72 hours in your withdrawal? And just that fact right there should say a lot about this substance and how it works. So please continue. So, so my experience under the influence of Iboga, um, I would say is I felt like I was in a cocoon. Um, I felt like I was being nourished. Um, I felt like my needs were being met. I felt very safe and secure. Um, of course, there was some psychedelic properties to it, such as, you know, visual trails, which some people may find enjoyable and some people may, you know, get afraid of. Um, my, my experience was very lovely. I felt like I was in God's hand and that he was just like nestling me back to health. Um, I think about 12 hours after taking my last dose of ibogaine, I was already out of the, I guess, that sleep that was talked about earlier where people kind of like go into like a bed and want to like kind of stay there. I really wanted to get out and walk around and be myself again. Um, most importantly, I feel emotions. I have not felt emotions in two years. Um, going under Ibogaine, um, it really brought to light what I was doing to myself, who I was affecting, and why I needed to change. Because I, I feel like I could be a good person. Um, under, I know you can be a good person. Uh, but on, but uh, under under the use of drugs, like we're not good people. Like we could say that we are and we can sure. make lies and everything. But all we're doing is lying to ourselves and lying to the people that we care about. At least that's what I was doing. Sure. So moving on from this, um, I really feel that this, um, this medicine um, should be very, very well uh, respected. Um, nurtured, and uh, a lot of people need to to know about this. You know what? That are struggling. How um, how has your experience so far been at Ibogaine University as far as you know comfort and safety and, and things like that? I, I like I say, I still feel like I'm in this cocoon. Um, they talk about a pink cloud um, that you kind of go through, which took me about. Two and a half to three weeks to get to after yeah. I went through I, my I, I was there 12 hours after taking an injection of heroin, and I was already fine. I can smile. I have not, I've been yeah. crying. I've been smiling. It, Emotions, it, like, these are, this is the real part of life. Yeah, it just, it absolutely blew me away. Not only that you came out of the room saying, I'm hungry, you know, and uh, you had the, this amazing epiphany when I listened in, you know, talking to the psychologist, that insight that takes so many people weeks and weeks, if not months, um, to get. Um, what are you looking forward to in your recovery now that you have it? Taking care of myself. Um, like, I already want to go to the barber. I want to get shaved up. I want to start, like, you know, doing good things to my body to make myself feel well and love myself. Has has that feeling or change ever happened with with any of the other treatments or processes not you've gone all, through? Not at all. I, I will. I will uh, tell you. I've done a lot of uh, psychedelic, I guess, experimentation in my life. Very high doses of LSD that have given me similar epiphanies. Um, but didn't, didn't stop the withdrawal though. Didn't stop the withdrawal. It wasn't for that. Yeah, this was yeah, a recreational was, thing, but yeah. I, I still had that pink cloud. So that there's something here that I, I cannot explain. 
um, that I really wish that I could share with people as yeah. much as possible. And and it's just uh, you know amazing that you know there's there's quite a few uh, clients right now that are at. Ibogaine University and just beautiful facility on the beach, um, you know, and all of them, uh, whatever their experience uh, on it, whether good or bad, they're doing a heck of a lot better than if they, they detoxed without any type of medication or anything like that. So um, what would you want to tell, you know, listeners out there that, that, you know, are maybe struggling with opiate addiction or parents who have a loved one that, you know, that's going uh, through this? I called Charles. I think uh, in March of this year, and I told him I was in bad shape. I didn't get here till November. That was the biggest mistake I made. So if I can tell somebody one thing right now, pick up the phone, make a phone call, and do what you have to do for yourself. It's the best thing I can. It's it's if you like using heroin, you know that's something that we can continue to do. I don't think anybody does no, at, after a while. Yeah, I, I don't know one person that's going to tell me that they've been using heroin for two years and it's the way that they want to go. Yeah, the, the, it, it's the not, party ends. Yeah, you know, the first month, ends. the first month was great. You know, yeah, happy. You know, whatever it was, but no, it, it, it turns into some pretty disgusting things, sick things. You know, I don't want to be around that. I want to be a good person. I want to love myself. I want to take care of people and myself. Sure, you know that that's. Uh, Absolutely amazing. Uh, you know, I thank thank you, Dave, for you know sharing you know a little bit of your experience, and and I want to bring uh, Charles you know back on the show just to you know talk a little bit more, give him some final words uh, uh, about really Ibogaine University and and how it helps. So you know, Charles, uh, thanks thanks for coming back on. What do you really want to tell our listeners? Well, I wanna I wanna first remark. Something Dave kept saying, which is love for oneself. That's something that my experience with Ibogaine, that's really all it was, is it was an understanding. And, um, you know, Jacob uses that word epiphany. It was my epiphanic moment, my, my coming to God, my understanding of who I am. And when I decided to love myself again, it wasn't, it wasn't a rational thing. I knew what I had to do. And I'd, you know, they say fake it till you make it. I mean, there were many times in my addiction where I could go a couple weeks, a month here, go to the gym, eat right, do all that stuff, but I never felt right. It was always just forced. And after the I began, just like what David said, you know, I wanted to shave, I wanted to put lotion on, I wanted to look a certain way, I wanted to exercise. The way I treated my physical body and my mind as well changed instantly. And what I want to say about that is that Ibogaine gives people this amazing opportunity. It shows them. But just like love, when you fall in love with a man or a woman, it, it can fade. You know, things can happen. Life can happen. And that, that moment of like, oh, I love this person, you know, they can, they can get on your nerves as any married couple knows or any child and parent knows. And so that's where the work comes in. And that's where, as a former drug addict, I understood that I needed to change my life and I needed to become the man that I wanted to be. The man that I saw in my mind's eye was who Charles was. And so what I stress with people is once you do I begin, the, the work isn't done, it's just starting. Your life is just beginning. 
you are almost as if you know you're coming out of your cocoon. You went in a caterpillar and now you're coming out a butterfly and you have to flap your wings and get out there and start doing things. And so it's so important that you understand that after Ibogaine, it isn't this just miracle, poof, life's great and amazing and you're never going to have to worry about anything again and you're never going to have to deal with problems again. That's just wrong. Yeah, but, but here's the thing. Life is inherently difficult, but when you can get off all of the substances, it's real. It's real. You know, it's, exactly. It's real. The, the emotions come back. The, you know, the, the ambition, you can see past that next use and plan for your future, start shaping it. You know, and, and Ibogaine seems to be that substance that really uh, kickstarts somebody's recovery and can really give them a boost, uh, you know, not only through the detox process, but through that, you know, spiritual enlightenment that they so much about that you need to get at different treatment facilities. So uh, we got a couple minutes left here before the close. What is the final message that you want to leave our listeners with today? The final message for me would be if you're dealing with addiction or you know someone dealing with addiction and you guys are struggling and you don't know what to do, just take a chance. Take a chance. Don't don't follow with insanity and keep trying the same thing over and over. You know, take a leap of faith and let it let it change you. Allow it to change you. Allow yourself to be different and move on. And really what I tell people as they're dealing with addiction and getting into the recovery and moving on from being an addict is, you know, don't think about the person as you are not wanting to use drugs. Think about the person that you want to be who will inherently not even encounter or be around drugs. Because it's so important that once we take away this thing that has filled our lives and obsessed us, that we fill the void. And filling that void takes, takes work, it takes love, it takes support, and anyone can do it if you just believe in yourself. And that's my thing is I believe everyone can do it. I believe in the potential of every single person who deals with this. Addicts are not any different from anyone else. Addiction is a disease which I believe can be cured with the right work. If somebody wants to get a hold of Bible Gain University, what's, how can they do that? What's the best way to contact you guys? Well, the best way to contact us is visit the website, which is just www.ibogainuniversity.com. That's I-B-O-G-A-I-N-E university.com. Or they can always call 800-351-9777. And most likely you're going to get me on the other end and we can talk about what's going on. You know, and, and Charles mentioned to me when uh, when he got uh, or when I got here that he was on the phone six to eight hours a day, and I didn't believe him, but he really is, and uh, he's one of the nicest guys I've ever met. Really easy to talk to, and certainly very non-judgmental. So, uh, Dave and Charles, I want to thank you for for both being on the show today. Thank you for allowing me to share.
Yeah, thank you so much, Jacob. No problem. It's it's my pleasure to be here and learn more about this, you know, groundbreaking substance that's really helping a lot of opiate addicts uh, get that jump start they need. So uh, that's about all the time we have today. So uh, please join me next week. Our guest is Dr. Miller, who is the medical director for the Harrington Recovery Center, and we are going to talk about traditional detox methods. So uh, everyone have a great week and enjoy life. Thank you for listening to I Took the High Road. Please join Jacob Jansen for another encouraging hour next Friday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. We'll see you next week.